Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster. Hi, I'm Monica Marquez, your host for today's episode. Discover the power of optimism, perseverance, and relentless determination in this inspiring conversation with Mo Dasgupta. As the founder and CEO of Brook 37, The Atelier, an innovative American tea brand, Mo has overcome numerous obstacles on her journey to success. Born in India, she didn't learn English until she was 18 years old yet went to study physics and computer science before landing in the finance industry. Facing the challenges of being a single mom with a demanding career, Mo courageously attempted to leave her job at J.P. Morgan three times before finally succeeding in pursuing her passion for tea production. Mo's corporate background has been invaluable in navigating the challenges of starting a business. Throughout her entrepreneurial journey, she has been unafraid to seek help and share her story, leading to an incredible response from others and even attracting collaborators. As a self-described trendsetter, she's infused her unique vision into every aspect of her tea brand. From packaging and aroma to the sensory experience of her tea, her authentic and transparent approach has attracted a talented team of female managers who share her commitment to producing exceptional tea while upholding their environmental and social values. Whether you're an entrepreneur seeking inspiration or simply searching for motivation to keep pushing forward in your ventures, this podcast is a must-listen. Visit GoBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Mo. Welcome, Mo. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you with us. And this is a special podcast because we know you, we have a history, and We just have a soft spot in our heart and we love what you are building and what you're doing. You've had years of experience in the corporate world, but now you've ventured off and you've pivoted a little bit, but I don't want to steal your thunder. Um, I want you to share with our audience your story and what you've learned along the journey and kind of the whole process of where you find yourself now um, and how you got there. So without further ado, I want you to dive in and share. Thank you, Marika. Thank you for having me here. And it has been such a pleasure to work with Beyond Barrier and watch you all grow. And, um, you know, every, every day I see the posts. It's been so exciting. I'm so excited and rooting for all of you. That's <laughs> <I> likewise. <laughs> so my journey. Wow. I mean, it's, um, every time I look back, I feel like I've come such a long way from one place to another. I uh, grew up in a very small town in India. Mm-hmm. Um, English was my second language, and I didn't speak in English until I was 18 years of age. So that's when I started learning on how to speak in English. And, um, you know, my parents are both in teaching jobs. Um, so one thing definitely um, they had in their um, in their upbringing was to really set high expectations from a daughter, which was not quite common at that time mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Um, but uh, anyway, I 
I did all my study in India. I got married when I was 21 years of age and I moved to the USA and, um, and I started, I had, um, an undergrad in physics and a master's in computer science. And I started my career as a software engineer. Um, eventually I had a daughter. I went through a divorce. I was a single mother and I raised my daughter pretty much by myself since she was 10 years of age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and my career uh, went along with it. So, um, I, I worked as a software engineer as I started, as I mentioned, and then um, moved on to management consulting with Arsene Young and uh, from there to financial services industry. And um, somehow 25 years have passed uh, doing all of, all of different fun things. It was super exciting. I enjoyed every minute of my corporate life. Um, but I think um, after 25 years, um, I gained my financial independence and my daughter was raised and she had her job and and um, honestly I was getting a bit bored of doing a pretty much similar thing and and applying myself over and over doing similar things and I wanted to reinvent myself and do something totally different and I made three attempts to leave my job and third time I was successful. Uh-huh. At uh, JP Morgan as an executive director in technology strategy group for investment banking. Mm-hmm. And, um, I took a few months to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and, um, during my transition time, I actually took the Beyond Barrier training. Mm. And, and it was interesting that my ex colleagues are asking, why are you taking this training now? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's an investment I have made in myself mm-hmm. to um to really do things that I couldn't do in the past because of lack of time. And it was immensely helpful to be connected to a number of professional women, hear their stories, share my stories. And I feel like um whether I'm in touch with them every day or not, it was immensely helpful to gain clarity and get some amazing tools from you, Monica, that I can apply now and I am applying now when it comes to networking, when it comes to looking for mentors, etc. Um, so it was it was really helpful. I'm so glad that I did that. And then I decided that I will focus on one thing that I use every single day that is tea and and I can't find um the best quality tea in the USA. So why don't I take my necessity and my pa- you know, passion and yes. you know, all the knowledge I have gained, I'll mix it together and start a very high-end tea business. And mm-hmm. a year later, this is where I am. Our brand is launched and um, it's called Brooks 37. Fantastic. And I love that story. And I think what's so powerful about it of like you said you found a pain point that you had and it was this there was something in your life all the time tea has been some constant um and then you were like let me solve for it let me solve for it in a bigger way right for the masses so can you talk a little bit about the process in terms you mentioned you tried to leave three times and the third time you were successful 
Talk a little bit about your thought process and the other two times that you intended to leave and you didn't and maybe what stopped you and then ultimately what was different the third time? I think um, I I was contemplating about it almost for three, four years. Mm -hmm. And uh, but first two times when I went, it was more like, oh, I'm frustrated. Uh, I just don't want to do this anymore and I'll just go and. Uh, speak to my manager and say that, you know, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And, and then they will question me and, uh, you know, somehow convince me, no, this is what I still want to do. Right. It was, um, also, it's a, it's a golden handcuff, right? So you earn money, you earn bonus, and it's very hard to let it all go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think third time when I made the attempt, it was pandemic time. And I life slowed down quite a bit. I, um, and I, I kind of, uh, was more connected to myself instead of rushing from morning till night. And I, I think I was figuring more out about what I want. And it was a much more thoughtful decision to uh, go, uh, to be prepared to even answer the questions and answer to myself what I wanted to do. So, uh, I think time was more thoughtful and I knew. This is exactly what I'm going to do. And no one can convince me to not do that. You had the clarity that you needed. Can you talk about it was a significant decision, a very, you know, it's a difficult decision, right? Because there's a lot of risk involved. Can you talk a little bit about the techniques that helped you make that difficult decision? Talk about some of those limiting beliefs or the risks that were challenging for you as you started thinking about, okay, this is it. I am going. Um, and going to start off in a completely new venture. Um, there are there, are a lot of there are different challenges mm-hmm. and uh, different risks. Uh, so one was I had a routine. I had a team of people that I was working. Um, as I mentioned, I went through divorce, and at that time, the people that I had in my life that was constant was my career mm-hmm. and my job. And it meant a lot more to me than a lot of other people because, Mm. because of the job, I had the financial stability and independence. I could raise Mm. my daughter. I could send her to college. Um, so leaving my job was a big decision emotionally, um, about the support system, Mm -hmm. um, about the social circle also that I had. Right. Uh Um, so, so I had to think about all of that. Um, secondly, of course, uh, the salary, the bonus, the income that was coming. Um, I have been, because I was a single mother, I had been very good in managing my finances. So mm-hmm. I had a Excel spreadsheet that I would up- update every month and, uh-huh. at, and end of the year, I will see how I have done. What is my goal? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think, um, at that point, it felt that. It's a right time financially that I can take that risk. I will be okay with it. Um, what are my commitment and what are not? But it is also, um, you know, uh, it was good to tell people that I'm connected to a company like GP Morgan Chase. I work there and, and it's like a social, uh, that's, that's the only thing I have done all my life besides mm-hmm. my daughter. And it was hard to let that go. And I had to be okay with all these three things mm-hmm. and say that, you know, convince myself that if I work hard, 
I have confidence in me that I will be able to build a brand that I'll be very proud of too. Right. Can let this one go. So, so I think that helped me over there. Um, I think uh, building the business I met, I, I realized that I will be able to build that um, network and, and, you know, social aspect of it also, both on the personal and in the professional mm-hmm. side. Um, so I think that took a little time. And I think COVID, because I was not meeting anyone face-to-face anyway. <laughs> in some uh-huh. way. So mm-hmm. I think those are the three biggest challenges I had. You know, financial independence, social aspect, as well as being associated and have the confidence of building something that I would be very proud of. Mm. You talked a little bit about how you maintained your spreadsheet, right? There are these daily habits, rituals that really helped you gain that confidence and be successful in making the right decision. Can you talk about, though, the unknown, right? Because you found that courage despite the uncertainty of what's next once you leave, right? So going from being a successful senior leader in corporate and becoming an entrepreneur, there are some things that you just don't know you don't know. Can you talk a little bit about how you start and how did you close that gap of what you were going to need to do? Like, were you already an expert in tea? What steps did you take? Um, yeah, I was um, not an expert in running a tea business, mm-hmm. but I was an expert in telling what is a good tea. Uh, yes, <laughs> so, okay. As a consumer. Uh-huh. Um, it's, um, I had been drinking tea since I was probably six years old. Uh-huh. Uh, and tea was in the heart of our lifestyle. So mm-hmm. anyone who came to our house would be offered a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I came to uh, the USA and I bought the tea from the stores, I, you know, it was such a disappointment. I would be bringing tea from India for all mm. years. So I knew drinking a cup of tea, whether it's good or not. So that that's the knowledge they knew. I knew who is growing, who are the biggest mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. And somehow I had the confidence to write to the CEOs of those tea companies and say, hey, I want to do this in the USA and support me. And somehow it was overwhelmingly positive. Mm. Uh, and everybody wrote me back and they all said that, yes, what do you need? It started with how many tons of tea you need to, I need just 10 kgs of tea. So, <laughs> right. But, but they all supported me. Um, I, I really got a lot of people who stood by me, supported me in building this business all over all over the places. Um, mm-hmm. Secondly, on on the finance side, um, I I secured my finance for best case, worst case scenario, and and wanted yeah. to be my fallback scenario A versus fallback scenario B. And I knew that even if I don't do anything with my brand, I will still be comfortable. And, and mm. I come from a life where I can scale up and down very quickly. I have no problem mm-hmm. with my lifestyle. And I was prepared to do that. If I need to scale down my lifestyle, I can do it tomorrow. So it's, mm. it's um, so financially, I, I reached a point where I was very comfortable for both scenarios. Um, and then it was, it was really, could I plan everything? No, I mean, I started with the budget. I had to change that and change that. But, um, but I think um, it, 
I felt that everything I'm doing mm-hmm. has been with a purpose and intention and I was okay with it. Hmm. I love how you were saying you did a bit of an exercises of weighing the upside and the downside, like you said, and if things didn't work out, you knew that you could live with the downside. And I think that's that's the power. That's what that brought you all of that confidence, which is phenomenal. What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's, core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit gobeyondbarriers.com slash quiz to get your report today. Now, you mentioned earlier that when you worked for some of these big companies like J.P. Morgan Chase, you found there was some pride in your own personal brand, your reputation. It was tied with where you were working. You know the power of a brand. So when you started thinking about Brook 37 and building that brand, what were some of the what were some of those things you brought with you to ensure that you were building a really great brand and then also the power of telling your story in it? Yeah. Um I think um it's authenticity and mm-hmm. um being um very quality conscious and um being honest and transparent, that's that's really my brand. I'm very hardworking. I'm yeah. very authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very direct. Sometimes it has created trouble, but most of the times it has helped me in my life. So, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and that's how I feel like my brand is a reflection of me. Um, and it is, I am a trendsetter. That's how, that's, I like to do things differently from others. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about starting a tea brand, I just thought, how am I going to do things different from what everyone else is doing? Mm-hmm. So um, we want to give a facelift to tea in America. So mm-hmm. it's just a cup of liquid that you're drinking. I see tea as a as a sibling of um, wine, fine wine, mm-hmm. and and you and it's not alcoholics. It's a healthy sibling of wine, and mm-hmm. And just, um, just like a fine wine is, is it comes out different based on the weather and the altitude and all of that is how exactly tea works. Um, mm. it's, it's like, um, a year over year, the tea can have totally different quality. And that's the story I want to tell everyone that some teas are more expensive than the regular teas that you are going to get in a store is because it's like a fine wine that you will not get if you walk into a grocery store. Mm-hmm. That's our tea. You won't find it in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way you, I wanted to do justice to that tea by doing packaging that is, uh, I think, fair for the tea that we are selling. So mm-hmm. it's, it's touching all the sensorial organ of someone that the look and the, when you touch it, you feel the design on, on the caddy, um, tin canister and like open the aroma of the tea. And then you make it, you taste it, you feel it. So it's a, it's an overall 360 degree, um, kind of, uh, journey than mm-hmm. just drinking a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And that's the story I want to tell. Um, it is also a brand where most of the people are women in the leadership position. They are women. So mm-hmm. our photographer was 
uh, a woman. Our tea sommelier is a woman. Our entire tea packaging team is only women. And besides the packaging team, everything happened actually. And it's a funny story. I tell everyone that I didn't intend to start a woman-led, um, like all, all across the board brand. It just mm-hmm. happened that I found the best people to be women. Um, mm. and that's how it worked. And, um, and we are plastic neutral. So it's, um, my daughter, uh, keeps telling me that your generation is leaving, uh, a not so nice and the environment and world for us and we'll be mm. for it. So I didn't want to start another brand and leave all the plastic waste and, you know, damage it environmentally. So wanted to make sure that no matter what happens, we are plastic neutral from day one. We will be donating for environment. We will be donating for social causes. And that's what was said from day one as, as our values. Um, mm. so it's, it's, this brand is not about getting rich, not about building something and selling and making money. As we grow, we are going to give more to yeah. the environment, to the social community and, and that is all about this brand um, that anyone who follows us will see time and time again. Mm, I love that. And I love the, you know, what you were saying is a lot of the the focus on on the um, giving back and also really kind of the idea. I love when you said that 90% of your team members are women, but it wasn't by design. It was by pure talent. They were the best in their field. They just happened to be women, which is phenomenal. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, as you went into this journey, the power of community in terms of how did you leverage? Did you already have those strategic relationships, connections in the tea world and the tea business? Or did you have to do extra work to identify them and then really cultivate them? How did that come along? And, and you know, because we get this question a lot from women where, they don't leverage their networks or they don't have people in those networks because they've never been strategic in developing the relationships. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like day one, it was your first day, no longer needing to make the commute to the city for your corporate job. But now looking at your community, did you have all of those key relationships in place and how did you manage? No, I didn't have a single of those relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. I built everything from scratch oh, and wow. um, it required to do a lot of research. I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time on LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time reading tea magazines, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, for our, um, you know, package design company. I read documents or, or articles on who is winning award and what they're doing and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did, I think I spoke with 500 people in, in span of probably three, four months. And I was constantly talking to people and not only that, convincing them to work with the startup brand, um, who has, who is not coming from retail experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I have more confidence in my convincing ability today than uh-huh. like, uh, uh, about a year back. Um, so there are people who came and who reduced their prices for us mm. because they believed in the brand that we are trying to build and they believed in the story that we told them. So, mm. um, whether it is, um, the supplier who's supplying tea 
to for the company who has built our design, our boxes, our packaging, mm-hmm. uh, brand building to packager in India. Everybody stood by us because they felt that we have a very compelling story. And, and I was not afraid of contacting people. I would write directly to the CEOs. I would find their number, I'd find their email address, and I would just write to them. And I would say 95% of the people responded. And that's how. Oh, wow. That's phenomenal. Yes. Just in just reaching out. And what would you say when you reached out to them? What would you say was the key that you got such a great response rate? Um, I think uh, different people saw different things. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, I'm, I'm promoting Darjeeling tea, which is called the champagne of the tea. Mm-hmm. And um, Darjeeling tea estates are suffering from various different, for various different reasons. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they also see that USA has a big market for them that no one has done. So mm-hmm. they all said that. Nobody has done it yet. It's about time that someone does this for Darjeeling tea in the USA. Mm. And you come from the region and you mm. are this, we will be behind you. So that was mm. the story with the tea estate CEOs. Yes. Um, I think the, the packaging and the branding, they said that we think that you have, you're building something beautiful and you are, it's a, it's an, it's an industry. The tea industry does need a facelift. Everybody's packaging it the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a very male-dominated industry. So it's great, just refreshing to see a woman coming from a totally different background, mm-hmm. thinking it in a different way, trying to disrupt the industry. Yes. We'll do it in any way or shape or form. We can, we can support you. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how it all got built. Um, my packaging partner, you know, they were blown away by the idea and the design when we presented them and they said, yeah, I mean, you're, you're the smallest customer we have, but mm-hmm. we will put all our heart in packaging your product. So, so that's how it didn't, everybody came together. I couldn't do this alone. I have more mm-hmm. people working with me to mm-hmm. build the product we have today. I love that. The power community is, is fantastic. But I want to ask because I think this fueled you where someone said you're our smallest client or you're a small startup. For some people, they might see that in a negative way and shrink a little bit. But instead, you pushed a little more, moved forward with confidence. Can you talk a little bit about the mindset you had when you were going to them in terms of disrupting, right? You're wanting to disrupt the tea industry, yet you were small and mighty. How did you tell that story? I think it is... um my confidence in me, mm-hmm. uh, just saying that we can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also my, probably my background of in the corporate world. I and mean, in that GP mm-hmm. Morgan, uh, Stamp or Morgan Stanley yeah. or, you know, wherever I worked in the past and having 25 years of corporate career under the belt, mm-hmm. that also gave them, um, some confidence that this person is not just coming from nowhere and trying to say something right. that she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke about num, I spoke with numbers. I spoke mm. and research that I have done. So I think where my corporate career has, um, you know, it kind of grew, uh, you know, got me ready is to, uh, prepare myself before a meeting. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. I'm going to say, how am I going to say, what is my story? 
Mm-hmm. And I think when you have all your facts ready, when you speak, you speak with confidence and you have mm-hmm. the answers. And when you don't have the answers, you say that we will figure it out together, but I want you to be by my side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I think that worked. Um, mm-hmm. there were times when it's funny that people are fighting to get me as their client. So I'm trying to <laughs> tell me. Come to us, we'll do better for you when I'm like the tiniest client they can have. Mm-hmm. I love the way you positioned it. You had all the numbers, you had all of your data, but when you didn't have an answer, you said, I don't know, but we can figure it out together. I want you alongside with me figuring it out. That really powerful strategy and you saying, we can figure this out together because you knew that they didn't know either, right? So yes. it was like, we can figure this out together. Yes, absolutely. I loved that piece of it. Can you talk about coming from the the corporate side, 25 years of corporate experience, you probably wore the mentor hat and the sponsor hat a lot within your organizations, mentoring younger generations of men and women navigating their corporate culture. Did you have to switch hats and did the role switch for you in terms of you now seeking out mentors that now had entrepreneurial experience. How did that shift for you? And then how did you find those mentors and sponsors? Um, I reached out to anyone and everyone who can help me as mm-hmm. a mentor. Um, I reached out to somebody who has failed as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, as well as someone who has just launched and learning, as well as someone who is successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was... I find like every conversation I have, I learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, just like in the corporate world, there, there's every task, not even job, every task I had. At times I felt like I don't want to do that, but it's like the most boring thing. But eventually I learned something from that. So every mm-hmm. conversation has been so beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, I visited Darjeeling. I spent time over there. I met with their tea pluckers on how they're plucking. I spoke to them, their lifestyle. I watched every little process. And there is, there's a tea garden manager who I use as my mentor because mm. he tells me how looking at the weather, they can predict how like the, the tea is going to be. And mm-hmm. it's just, um, there are some people who are, you know, officially they are my mentor and they're everybody I work with is mm-hmm. unofficially my mentor at this point. Right. I knew nothing about building up this business. Mm-hmm. And and I I am absolutely fine. I enjoy it that I'm not mentoring people, people are mentoring me. <laughs> I love that. I think it's so powerful that your curiosity and your growth mindset of constantly learning or finding the learning and whatever you're doing is really what's helping drive your success, right? And learning from all of these people. And I think even more powerfully unlearning, is there anything that you had to maybe unlearn from your corporate experience to being now in this small startup kind of label and brand, the amazing brand that you've started. What are some of the things that you would tell someone who's going to make that switch or planning to make that switch? What would you say that they need to quickly unlearn? I think you don't have um, a team behind you Mm. in in a way that you can delegate work. You have to do everything by yourself. Um, there, and, uh, whether you're traveling or you're logging your 
expenses. So you were like the QuickBook person to setting up the meeting to, you know, other people may, will have assistance and you don't have any more and you're like the person who's mm-hmm. So you have to do everything. So be ready to do everything and be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, secondly, it's, um, you know, be open to speak to people from all aspects in life because mm. when I was in corporate, um, it was my manager and mostly my people around me that I was uh, kind of uh, held responsible to. But right now, mm-hmm. and be an unknown person writing to me, they may write to me saying, I don't like your tea. So they all are my Right, right, right. What kind of changes and and the people that you may have not interacted with, the kind of people you may have not interacted with, you're interacting with everyone. Mm -hmm. And and I am not an extrovert, and I'm still learning how to be okay to talk to people all Mm -hmm. the time who I don't even know. Uh But it has been amazing. I mean, I have been part of this uh, Facebook group called Tea Lovers Tea Club. Mm. And I have made amazing connections over there. Mm. Uh, so I think uh, coming coming from corporate world to this, if you are working with 50 people, here you'll be working with 5,000 people and you have to be okay with that. Mm. Uh, you are you're accountable to a lot more people. Mm. Uh, you have no support. You are doing everything and you have to be comfortable and okay with that. Yes, I have shared experience, right? Coming from corporate, going into that entrepreneurial thing where, yes, you have to wear many hats. You're, you're IT, you're the salesperson, you're this and you're that, like you're holding all the roles. And as you grow, then yes, you start adding people. Um, but learning really quickly that you're having to roll up your sleeves and do a lot. Yeah. That said, you could potentially burn out really quickly. So can you share a little bit about like what you do in, in terms of making sure that you are practicing self-care? Like how are you staying grounded and taking care of yourself knowing now that, you know, you probably are working and doing a lot of the work yourself? Um, what do you do to kind of manage all of that? Yeah, first of all, I have pets at home. I think stress for me. Um, I think I've become a lot more disciplined after I left my corporate job. Um, I have started uh, playing tennis. So I wake up early in the morning. I play tennis three days a week. I go in the evening for hot yoga. That's a new thing I have started. So mm-hmm. I feel healthier today than I was three, four years back. I had more energy. Mm-hmm. And I think I love my work so much that um, it's it doesn't create as much stress um, as at times in corporate world, which is which happens to everyone. You do things even though you feel like what is the value in it because it's a process you have to do it right. Mm-hmm. And here I feel everything I do, I can justify to myself why I'm doing it. So I think mm-hmm. as a result, it's a uh, I think emotionally, it's a healthier thing for me. So I'm enjoying it. And at the same time, I have a very strict timeline when I have classes set up that I'm going for. Um, mm-hmm. And all in all, I mean, so far it has been good. But mm-hmm. ask me two years later. How do you think? Absolutely. No, and I do think the frameworks and the strategies that sometimes the more disciplined you are with your time and your calendar, 
and the more boundaries that actually the more freedom and the more you get done and the more, like you said, um, free you feel. Um, and so, and, and I do think that a lot of like, you know, just purpose driven work is, is also very fulfilling, which is, which is wonderful. Oh my God. I could keep talking to you forever and ever, but you know, we have to get to a point where we're closing. So I'm going to jump over into our lightning round questions. And I love these because they're very telling and share different aspects of your personality. So I'm going to start off with what book has greatly influenced you? Um, I think it's, um, I would say I read the book Lean In mm. at a time when I, I, I needed to read the book. Right. And I think it, um, it not only helped me to open my eyes on how I can help others, it's uh-huh. also to open my eyes to go and ask for help mm. and see things that I didn't see or I accepted as part of life. And I think professionally and personally, I felt that it was, it was a book right on time when I needed to read it. And it was amazing to me. Mm. And I can see how you put it into practice in terms of asking for what you need and going out there and doing that. And you've seen it pay back in dividends. So I think that's phenomenal. Share with us your favorite inspiring quote or saying. Uh, I think it, it will be, um, it is not done until it's done. Mm. And so if it's not I'm, done, then it's not, it's not yeah, over, right? Yeah, it's not over <laughs> until that. it's over. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not over until it's over. Um, I'm, I'm a perpetual uh, optimistic person mm-hmm. and I never give up. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a very, I'm, I have big perseverance. And, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's my most. I love favorite. it. So, um, what is one word or moniker you would use to describe yourself? Transcender. I think I said that. I, yes. yes. We did consider in Beyond Barrier also. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the trendsetter. And you are, you're breaking these norms and disrupting the tea industry and setting new trends. But, you know, the tea being like a fine wine. I love when you say that, that really resonated with me. Um, what's one change? What is a habit, a behavior, or an action that you implemented that made your life better? Um, I think it is uh, self-care. Mm. Um, so it, it is about um, working out, eating healthy, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that I'm starting a brand and I can continue with this for another couple of decades this is this is my work after my retirement that's yeah this is your jam yeah, yeah. I need to be <laughs> and full of energy and that's uh-huh. and then finally my favorite question um you're about to go out on stage and you're about to kind of introduce brook 37 your beautiful and amazing teas on stage in front of thousands of people what's the power song you would want playing as you walked out onto that stage you know, my daughter sang this song for me, um, and she dedicated this song to me. Uh, the girl is on fire. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> Alicia Keys. Hi, Alicia Keys. Yes. And uh-huh. I love that song. And yes, I think, uh, and I played this song a few times in JP Morgan in different women event. Um, uh-huh. so I would love to have this song played. <laughs> You're on fire, Mo. I love it. And finally, I know um, we get this question all the time. 
people hear your story, want to get to know you more, but also more importantly, have learned about your tea and what you have to offer. So what is the best way for someone, one, to get in touch with you? But then two, how do how does somebody find your tea, find more about your tea? Where can they buy it? All of that fun stuff. Sure. Um, first of all, I'm on LinkedIn, so they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I can give my email address. They can connect me through LinkedIn and ask for my email address. I would love to help support anyone any way I can. Um, our tea is available on our website. It's an online store um, called brooks37.com. Uh, so you can go and buy tea there. And um, and also we, we are on Facebook and LinkedIn if they want to learn more about our brand. Thank you, Mo, for all of the time for joining us and for sharing this story. And we will have all of your contact information and your website on how people can get your amazing tea. It's been a pleasure, and I know that uh, we will stay connected throughout the years. Thank you again. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come and do this with you. It was fun. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend, or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at gobeyondbarriers.com where you can subscribe and find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests.